When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, if you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10, that's podcast10, to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Now, to the top analysis of today's crypto markets. Well, 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 to those of you who waited on YouTube across all the platforms, thank you for the 50th, -ish, some of you commenting, we are sorry for the delay, but hey, your Real Vision crypto team is in the house. Let's get this thing kicked up and started. Can this phenomenal crypto rally continue? Which users can withdraw money from Celsius and what is the UK's newly unveiled crypto regulation. Welcome back to Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. I'm Elaine Lee, your friendly crypto host and producer. I'm joined by my co-host, Marco Oliveira. Hey, Marco. Hey, Elaine. Definitely uh, one of the, the, the toughest situations we've been in, but we got Dean on. Dean is with us as well. See the light. He's going to go through the charts. It's going to be well worth the wait for the 50-some viewers that, that uh, stuck around for that. What's going on, Dean? Well, technical difficulties, that's about it. Nothing more, but, you know, we finally got it going from excited. Yeah. We've got you there, and we are ready to go through those chart wizardry that you've got going on. So, but look, before we get into things um, that you need to be aware in the crypto landscape, let's take a look at the latest price analysis as always. It's Fed Day. We'll have a decision on the rate hike in just under about two hours. Catch Real Vision daily briefing for that one where they talk about everything in the traditional markets, but not right here. In anticipation, Bitcoin is down slightly on the first day of February. It's hovering at around 23,000. There should be no complaints though. After Bitcoin's best start to a year in 10 years, Bitcoin rose 40% in January January, the best return since 2013. Analysis uh, say that Coindesk spoke to um, say that while they're not quite out of the bear market yet, we could be in its latest stages. That's according to on-chain data that we're getting from Glassnode analyzed by Bitfinex. So Marco, I've dropped the little BTC uh, action there. How is Ethereum doing over on your end? Well, I mean, Bitcoin rose 40%. And so Ethereum rose up along with that as in, as Bitcoin is the leader in that uh, space. It, it only went up 32%, so lagging behind Bitcoin. Obviously, that's not a bad return. All eyes right now are on the upcoming upgrade called Shanghai, which is expected to happen in March. Today, a public testnet is being launched. And this upgrade is going to allow people to access their staked Ether, which I'm sure a lot of people maybe want to kind of withdraw some of that Ethereum off the, off the chain. But 
Elaine, that was Ethereum. Did it wasn't the only token that you know did well. Bitcoin wasn't the only token that did well. Actually, what did really great in January was metaverse-related tokens. Coindesk says Decentraland's Mana skyrocketed 145% last month, while Gala went up by a whopping 220%. So obviously, there's a lot of uh, bullish type of sentiment in in the in the metaverse token. So de definitely really interesting there. We're gonna have more price analysis with See the Light later in just a few minutes. So let's definitely stick around to hear what he has to say about the overall crypto market movements. You know, some of those tokens that you mentioned, I'm sure they're in the depths of my wallet deep down somewhere. So I'm just gonna take a sip of my green juice, just like I like the color of my chart. So, right, maybe, talking about so maybe you're a secret crypto whale then now. Yeah, I'll have to figure out where they live because those were funny tokens a year ago when I was just starting to learn how to spell the word metaverse. All right, talk about gains. But before we get uh, to the good stuff uh, with your guests a little bit later on, we do need to discuss the news because it is such a volatile market. You need to know what's trending and what people are chatting about in the land of crypto. Now, uh, before we get to the news, a word about our sponsor. This episode of Crypto Daily Briefing is sponsored by the Crypto app. The Crypto app delivers everything you need to stay on top of the world of crypto and your own crypto holdings. It includes a market lending price tracker, portfolio manager, analytics suite and news feed, as well as a wide array of customizable alerts and widgets. Crypto moves fast, so don't get left behind with over 4 million downloads. The Crypto app is the market's leading app all things crypto. Now, on to the news. The UK has officially laid out its plans for crypto regulation. Mm -hmm. Marco, what do they have in store? Well, Lane, I, I feel like almost you should be the one telling the story because you're this the resident Brit at Real Vision. Uh, but what the UK government is proposing, quote, they're proposing a robust, transparent and fair standards, unquote. It's trying to strike a balance between protecting consumers and the UK's ambition to become a pro-crypto hub. CNBC says some of the proposals aim to strengthen the rules around financial intermediaries and custodians that store crypto on behalf of clients. They're also cracking down on risky loans made between multiple crypto companies. And unlike the European bill, MICA, this one talks about crypto lending as well. We're also seeing increased transparency rules for crypto exchanges. That includes disclosures and admissions requirements for new tokens. There's also new guidelines on who would be authorized to operate in the country. Not every measure is meant to make the existing regulation tougher. So, for example, advertising standards for crypto could be relaxed. Definitely something to watch out for, Elaine. You know, Marco, this is something not to take so lightly when advertisements can actually be lifted. It's not as strict in the UK. You know, I remember a few years back just going on the London tube. There was, um, uh, you know, an advertisement for some form of crypto, but that was cooled down. And now they're sort of given that green light back again. So it'll be really interesting to see probably go down as you go down the most robust transportation system in the world to see cryptocurrencies being advertised this is you know quite a cool thing if you think about how many screens are just within those um in those tube subway systems yeah. subway systems uh oh i'm telling american what by the day yeah yeah um, subway systems and you guys call it the tube right <laughs> we do call it the tube and you know the average sort of journey i would say to and back from work is like you know a good 20 to 40 minutes for our average london user so um, I also do want to press you a little bit and ask you, though, what has been the reception like and when can the rules be kicked in? Am I seeing that Dogecoin advert like next week? When does it all kick in? 
I don't think you're going to see it next week. Uh, I mean, and I think it's interesting because obviously if, if we see, start seeing advertisements like that, you know, in the tube or in the subway, it's like a great way for crypto to stay top of mind, to get into the subconscious minds of people. Uh, but, you know, the industry response so far has been largely positive. Generally, the industry craves certainty and clear rules. This framework appears to help with that without being too stifling. It could be years before we see these rules in place, Elaine, but the UK has, because the UK has only launched uh, like conversations with public, consulta public uh, consult um, consultants, uh, they will run until the end of April. After that, it could be a long process to go through Parliament. We're likely to see sooner uh, that the Financial Services and Markets Bill is a separate legislation which would recognize crypto assets as regulated pro products. That bill is actually already in Parliament, Elaine. Oh, here, here to the parliament. I don't know how quick it's going to move through parliament, but hey-ho. All right. Thanks, Marco. Now, we've also had news about the notorious trio of bankrupt crypto lenders, BlockFi, Voyager, Celsius, all the people on the naughty list. Marco, let's start with the biggest update from Celsius, though. The companies say some users will soon be allowed to withdraw some of their assets. Who is going to be eligible for that? Well, it's actually complicated. So let's go through a breakdown prepared by Decrypt. According to a court filing uh, on or around February 15th, eligible users will get an email informing them of withdrawal fees. If they can cover them, they will be allowed to withdraw 94% of their assets. But this is for the el eligible users. They're going to be allowed to withdraw 94% of their assets. Celsius says that for security reasons, they will need to update the KYC. So you're going to have to input address information, identification information, stuff that crypto people don't really like to, to share all the time, but I'm sure that they've already shared uh, previously. Uh, so who is exactly is going to be able to withdraw? So back in December, the bankruptcy court judge ordered Celsius to return 44 million in unnamed cryptocurrencies. What's key is the type of account the users held. So if they held their funds in Celsius's custody program or in withhold accounts, then the and and the value of their funds are less than seven thousand five hundred seventy-five dollars. They could get ninety-four percent of their money back. So users who are uh, do not meet that those uh, those specific requirements there would not uh, be eligible. Um, although some other users might be eligible if they meet specific criteria, the courts are going to later determine what happens with the remain remaining six percent of the funds link. I mean, never mind figuring out what happens to the remaining 6% of the funds. There are so many people that probably have more than more than 7,000 within Celsius. So they're, the, you know, really put a chunk of their change into Celsius and it's still locked up. I don't know, Marco, you know, for someone who is so painful to read this out loud because I have my own money stuck in Celsius, I don't think it, it, it works for me. Okay, granted that it's 94% that you get the money back better than, you know, just 6%. But I, you know, with the dates that you mentioned in February, I think I've just got to sit on the sidelines and watch it play out and see anything still happens. And if that withdrawal can actually happen in mid-February. Yeah, I, th I mean, I, I agree with you. It's really tough. I know a lot of people probably do have more than that amount in their accounts and it kind of is hard I'm, I'm assuming that maybe the judge was just trying to look out for the less advantaged in that were that were affected by this the people who are in the lower income or that maybe you know invested lower amounts in there but i do think that it's um a little bit i, I think that the that it would be more fair and equitable if everyone had access to receive a portion of their funds back elaine yeah i guess i you know 
just watching this space, things are happening at the very least. There is some justice coming into the system. So it's really interesting to see how this all plays out. OK, um, you know, we'll continue to study this a little bit closer. But what about BlockFi and Voyager? What is the latest there? So yesterday we heard that Alameda Research, uh, which is the defunct trading company that everyone knows linked to Sang Bank and Freed, sued Voyager for $445 million. According to court filings, Voyager, creditor Voyager creditors have now rejected that attempt. That's almost like a uh, one of those tongue twisters there, Voyager creditors. Uh, if you want to hear a lot more about the Voyager bankruptcy process, check out yesterday's Crypto Daily Briefing. Ash spoke with Jason Rasnick, who was on the Voyager Unsecured Creditor Committee. As for BlockFi, the lender has received court approval to sell its remaining assets. According to a court filing, potential buyers have until February 20th to submit their bids and an auction would then be held on February 28th. The assets that could go on, on sale include crypto mining equipment, Elaine. Okay, uh, one more story, though, that I do want to give a little bit of an update. Um, another story with big bank names, but something that we do have to talk about is uh, Silvergate Capital. The crypto-friendly bank has been struggling after FTX collapsed. However, Silvergate shares surged on Tuesday and are up again today. That's after the world's largest asset manager, BlackRock, revealed in filing in a filing that had increased from its stake in Silvergate. BlackRock now owns 7.2% of Silvergate, up from 5.9%. All right, with that said, let's bring in our guest, technical analysis and trader Dean Carr, aka See the Light. Dean, great to have you on Real Vision. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, I'm going to leave you to it. Take it away, Marco. Have a great interview. I'll be back with the key takeaways later. Thanks, Elaine. Well, so Dean, obviously it's one of those days, right? <laughs> I think we could probably just say that. I mean, but, uh, you know, usually when this stuff happens, the information is good. So I'm really looking forward to getting into the charts. Before we get into the charts, this is like a big news week, right? So we have the Fed meeting later today. We're, they're going to announce what they're going to do and possibly give us some indication on maybe what's going to happen in the, over the next meetings. Will there it just raise 25 basis points plus another 25 basis points next meeting? Or could we have a third hike? I'm seeing other pe people speculating we could have another one up in, in the May or June meeting. Um, also, we have earnings coming out this week and we have job data coming out this week. I'm curious how you're taking all this information in and how it's impacting your strategy. Kind of what, what are your thoughts there? Well, essentially, I just strictly look at price. So my thoughts are dictated by price mainly, but I know the Fed is a factor. Obviously, the old saying, don't fight the Fed, still applies. It never has changed. When they were providing liquidity, the market was going higher. When they pulled away, the market dropped. And that's the same thing is applied to the crypto. When, when the Fed started shutting the spigot off, the crypto market dropped also. Now that I see... The stock market recovering and I'm seeing a little more liquidity in the market. I think it's a good thing for the crypto world. Now, having said that, with the Fed basically looking to raise a quarter today and then maybe another quarter the following meeting, I'd say then at that point they may settle back and just relax because just last week the Bank of Canada said that they, that would, you know, the last quarter raise that they did would be the final one in the interim until they saw the results of how that would affect the overall market. So I'm kind of thinking 
that was kind of foreshadowing what the Fed might consider doing going forward. There's no guarantees, obviously. The market could change, inflation could pick up, et cetera. But I think if that's the case, then you're going to see support both in the stock market and in the crypto world. Yeah, I completely, I, I feel like a, a lot of the market would agree with you on, on that point there. I think I was looking at the CME Fed watch tool and they were saying that they were, the market is essentially expecting interest rates to rise, you know, today and, and at the next meeting, then they're expecting a pause and not, and they're not expecting them to drop rates until November, December. So definitely something that, um, I guess we're going to find out more about today. I mean, it's, it's it's unfortunate that we're not meeting later today, right? We can, you know, have like a post analysis of that uh, meeting. But yeah, this is definitely something for to watch out for. If for people who are interested, definitely check out our RVDB. I'm sure they're going to be covering it today. And that's definitely going to give you some insight on, you can t use that information plus the information that we talk about here to kind of make really well-informed decisions uh, for the viewers out there. But with that said, Dean, let's jump into that first chart here. And obviously we have to start with Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the leader of the space. It's kind of you know the, the one token that almost everybody has and knows. Uh, what are your thoughts here with Bitcoin? Well, the bottom line is, as you can see on that chart, I had a trend line that I was sitting and watching for the last three or four months. And once we broke over that flat, we became buyers. And it's that simple. As long as the trend is higher, as it has been more recently, we want to stay long. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, as, and, and as you can see, it's hugging the 10 EMA on the daily chart, because that's what that is. And uh, as long as we see that upward slope, I think it's okay. One of the problems I have with Bitcoin currently is if you go to a monthly chart, which we don't have here, but if you go to the monthly chart, it does have a bit of a bear flag look to it. And I want to be aware and not complacent. So bullish, but not complacent. And I know that part of your strategy is looking at kind of like rotations. Did you, Have you seen a rotation uh, in on certain time frames, or are you looking, or do you have uh, any insight there in terms of that? Uh, absolutely, yeah. We we did get a very very nice little inside and up rotation on the monthly chart. Now, what that means is the previous monthly candle prior to the last one was an inside month. Now we're talking back in uh, December, and in January we we got over that high right around that eighteen thousand four hundred area, and that would have provided a buy signal there also, which kind of coincides with that line I've drawn in. The only problem, like I said, I have is the downward sloping 10 EMA on the monthly chart that we're up against here. And as you've noticed, we're struggling here. If we can get through that, then I think we can move higher, maybe into the 25 to 27,000 area next. Okay, very interesting. And there are so that's like a level that you're watching for before entering a type of trade, I'm guessing, or, or are you? Well, no, we, we entered lower. Okay. We entered, lower, yeah. Yes, we entered as soon as it got to over that eighteen thousand four hundred. So uh, that 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 was the spot. That monthly rotation up, and and also that uh, trend line that I've drawn in. As soon as we cleared that, as far as I'm concerned, the base had been broken to the upside, and so the old saying is, the longer the base, the higher the space. Well, we had a fairly long base here. And once we popped over it, you can see that it really, really took off. That's when it really started igniting higher. And I'm going to stay bullish as long as this looks like that. And it looks like a trending chart holding the 10 EMA average. 
to me, that's all systems go for now. Yeah. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick pause and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At the top of the show, Dean, uh, one of the things I had mentioned when we were talking about Ethereum is that it kind of lags behind Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin is the leader in the space. It's rose 40, 40% in, in the last month as we, we we spoke about in the price analysis section. And you know, and uh, Ethereum, I believe it was 32%, which is still a good gain. What are you seeing with Ethereum? Is it um, historically, you know, after Bitcoin performs really well, altcoins start to really pick up afterwards. We There's that, you know, whole Bitcoin season, then altcoin season. What are you what are you seeing in Ethereum? Well, Ethereum is very similar. It, it hasn't been quite as robust as the Bitcoin, but overall the chart paddle is very similar. And what I'm seeing is if we can start clearing and closing over 1700 this month, in the month of February, I think we can get a move substantially higher, at least to 2000 to 2100, if not higher. So the key spot for me right now is a close back over 18,000, or sorry, I'm back to Bitcoin, 1,700 on the on the uh, Ethereum. And that's kind of my spot right now, as far as remaining bullish. Of course, we were already bullish because of a, you know, a breakout similar to what happened in gold with a monthly up once we crossed over that 1,352. So when you say a, a close above 17, or around uh, above that, that blue EMA line and at 1700. So you're, you're waiting before we get there and you're, and you're, are you, which uh, time frame are you looking at specifically? Well, right now, when I'm looking at, uh, at Ethereum, I'm looking at a three month candle chart, not a one month. And what you have up right now is the, uh, the, the monthly, but it still provides you with the information that you want to see. So as far as I'm concerned, if we can close over that last three or quarterly candle, last three month candles high, of 1680 plus on a daily basis, then I think we can push higher and test that 2000 to 2100, if not much higher. You know, Dean, some of, some of the viewers that we have on our on our channel, they're they have they're brand new to technical analysis, and so when they they hear like, oh, he's using a three month, they might say, why? Why would you be using a three month time frame to be looking at you know crypto, especially Ethereum, or particularly in this case Ethereum? Well, I've, I've found in the past that the longer the time frame that I use, the better the swing is. So a lot of people like to focus on shorter term charts, but I found when I'm using weekly, monthly or quarterly charts, I get to stay in a trade much longer. And, and that's why I look at it very simply. Additionally to that, the big spots are always multi-month highs or lows, depending if you're long or short. That's where the money's waiting to either cover if they're short, if they're short, they want to cover. If they're getting squeezed, or buy, you know, if it, if it rotates to the upside. And I think it's more about liquidity, more about buy levels, and and where the, you know, the purchasing is waiting to happen. And, and so as long as uh, you have a longer term chart, I think that's where a larger amount of funds or money are waiting to be traded. And and that's kind of my thinking with it, along with the fact that. 
I don't like watching charts every minute because I don't find it productive. So if I use a longer time frame, I can I can sit get in a, in a trade and just sit with it with a stop and not have to look at it you know on a minute by minute or hour by hour basis. Yeah, I can imagine it's stressful to have to look at it every like frequently, you know. And, and if you set a if, if for a, if you use like a long term view whenever you're setting these trades, it does help you be able to sit in that trade, like you mentioned. Uh, I want to move on to Ethereum and Bitcoin and their their relationship. Obviously, EBTC is something that's interesting to look at. What do you see going on here? Well, as far as that spread is concerned, I, I've. I've sent you a chart that basically shows what I think can happen if we break out on the weekly chart uh, over this kind of big pennant. If we can break through there, I drew a break, a big arrow in there that takes us at least up to that, you know, that 20 or that 12.12 or higher area, which is not quite a double from here, but pretty close to it. So if, if Ethereum decides to really start perking higher and playing catch up and maybe taking the lead, this could end up being a big trade. And that's why I've been watching it. It hasn't really broken out yet. It's struggling with that trend line, as you can see by looking at that chart. Mm -hmm. Once it does, I think this can really move. So one of the things I would do with something like that is I'd say, okay, I'd go to a three-month chart, which is not you know, visual or visible right there. And I'd say, okay, if it clears over 0 0.08, which is last quarter's high, then I want to be long. And that would also clear that trend line. So there's, it's something I'm watching. It doesn't mean I think that arrow is going to happen. I need confirmation, as in all my trades. And therefore, if I don't see this move higher, I won't be part of this trade. Okay. And so when you say uh, you clear 0 0.08, you're, I mean, obviously that's referring to point, you know, that one Ethereum equals 0 0.08 of Bitcoin. You also have... Fibonacci uh, levels on here, what target would you expect that we might reach if that does happen? Well, I mean, if you just measure off the current pennant and you measure using Fibonacci's Fibonacci extensions from it, then the, the first area that I would look at is a right around that 0.11 area, which is, you know, approximately where that uh, 161.8 extension is. And then I would look for higher probably in the 0.15 area. And that's near all-time highs, as you notice, if you go yeah. across that chart. So it lines up, those fibs line up pretty well to the highs that were, you know, the secondary high and then the all-time high in the past. So if it breaks up, those are the areas that I'd expect on that particular move. Well, let's talk about a, a, a different token, which is kind of related, thematic, which is a, a, a layer two on Ethereum. Walk me through what you see going on with Matic. Matic is a bit messy, but one of the things I do like about it is the fact that if we can clear over that, and you can see that ugly red candle that we, you just posted, uh, you know, if we can, there it is, if we can clear back over that ugly red candle's high, which is right around that 131 area, okay, which is the last quarter's high, I think that opens the door to a, a move much higher because the overall structure is still a big bull flag. Ugly as it may seem, but it's still a bull flag and it still trades above the 10 EMA, which is the blue line. If we can clear over that 131 and close over it, I think, you know, 170, 180, if not much higher into the 250, 270 area. Wow. So absolutely a nice setup, but I need 
you know, A to happen before I can consider B, and, and which would be the target. I need that closed back over that 131. And are you interested in the token for anything besides the, the technicals? Are you, I mean, in terms of the fundamentals, I mean, obviously layer two uh, is something that could be really valuable to the ecosystem because it's cheaper than, you know, running a transaction on Ethereum. Is that something you take into consideration? Are you using any type of other uh, metrics there? Well, yeah. my, my fundamental analysis of anything is very minimal. I'd say I'm a 90 to 95% technical trader. And I, I open my ears and I listen to the fundamentals, but they're not part of my, you know, day-to-day -day routine. So I'll do some reading. I'll see any uh, headlines, et cetera, but I won't spend a lot of time more than, and this includes in futures or stocks for that matter. I'll definitely look at the fundamentals, but I won't use them more than 5 or 10% of my that makes sense because if you sometimes I think people can get really hung up on fundamentals, right? And you never want to date a trade, right? You just want you don't want to date it or hate it, hate it. You want to you know trade it, <laughs> so so to speak. The thing is, you know, you can be a, a fundamental macro type trader or investor, and that's just fine. You know, there's more than one way to do this, and I'm not against it. I'm just saying, for me personally, with my experience and my training, was mainly technical. I want to move on to this next token, Monero, which is a privacy token that we've spoken about previously. You analyzed it a few of the times that we that we've spoken before. Privacy tokens were one of these tokens that didn't really get to benefit from. I feel like that last bull run that we had. I think because there's a lot of focus, negative attention on it from government entities. I'm curious what you've seen the technical profiles and if you think that maybe there's some type of uh, optimism or some type of. Uh, bullish signs or good signs in, in, in the technical profiles of Monero? Well, I do. And uh, to me, uh, technically speaking, it looks like a big ending diagonal. Mm -hmm. And what that means is you have this long period of time where it just drags down and uh, starts building more of a, a diagonal to the downside. And now I'm seeing little green shoots with the quarterly chart, as you can see, and, and that's not on that chart, but if you put up a three-month chart, uh, you'll see that there's a doji last quarter that we cleared over, which was over that 162.10. And now we seem to be holding over that. In my opinion, if we can hold over that and start closing over that 174.75 area, then we're going to test the top of the range, which is around that 280 to 300. And, and, and so I'm uh, pretty uh, bullish currently on it. Pretty bullish, yeah. I, yeah. I think, I mean, I, I personally like Monero. I mean, again, that's not financial advice to anybody. I personally yeah. like, you know, I just, it's one of the, I like privacy tokens. I think it's such, it's it's kind of an understated um, part of, it's it's un, it, like their their value is understated in the, in, in the world of crypto right now. And I think that as, you know, as we start going, moving forward and all this stuff is transparent, I think people are going to want more privacy. But I, I want to hone in on something you said there because you mentioned uh, the word doji. And again, there's viewers here that have zero idea what that means. It sounds like they might think you're saying doji coin, right? Like, uh, yeah, so right. Can, can, you, can you explain what doji is and, and that, that candlestick pattern there? Absolutely, sure. So a doji is a candlestick that opens and closes at the same price or very close to the same price at the end of its time frame. In this case, a three-month time frame. Typically, what that shows you is indecision between bulls and bears. And that's what we have here. So instead of the indecision resolving to the downside, which would have been below 115, 
it's resolved to the upside over 162. So from you know from my perspective, I'm more bullish because of that, and along with the fact that we have a regain of the 10 EMA on the quarterly chart and the potential of a big massive bull flag on this thing. So along with that ending diagonal I talked about, and and that's that elongated slow grind lower. Once you break out over a certain area on those. Typically, I, I see a 50 to 61.8% retracement of the whole down move. And there's a lot of space. Something that's been as high as 5 or I think the high was around 519. And when you're down at 170, that gives you a significant amount of space to travel to the upside. So as a result, I'm going to stay bullish as long as it starts and stays closing back over that 162 area. I can be bullish. Okay. Okay, uh, this um, this next token I want to look at is Tron Tether, uh, a Tron uh, over the Tether US. Uh, walk me through what's going on with this chart pattern. This this is actually the same kind of idea as far as the bull flag is concerned, and uh, you know if it can if it can pull back over the uh, the previous high there that you see, I think there's a big move coming in that one also. I just have to get the chart up so I want to put in some longer time frames here. So, you know, if it can close back over back over that 58 58ish area. Okay, 582 I believe. And I can't tell what uh, chart you have. Actually, that's not the right chart. Sorry. I got I have the wrong chart up here. Uh, so, Okay, if it can close back over that 0 0.0655, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's the last quarter's high. That's what I'm looking for here, very simply. And I'm not going to be interested in, in being bullish this unless it does that. We are up against the 50 SMA on the weekly chart, but on the quarterly chart, when you look at it, if we can close back over that 0.655, which is last quarter's high, then this whole thing and this whole structure looks like a big bull flag once again. And I, you know, would, would want to be long as a result. Yeah, I, yeah, agreed. I feel like that, that does look like a bull flag. And, and anytime we, we break out of those bull flags, it can really lead to a huge move to the upside. Because, uh, you know, for people who may not know, the bull flag, the way that you measure it is like the, that distance at, you know, at, the, at the very beginning of the bull flag is the, what the breakout could lead to on the, on the other side whenever it does break out. Yeah, exactly. And in this case, of course, there's a huge travel uh, zone because it's been as high as that point one eight, it looks like, which is a long way from here. Uh, it, it's something that I'd be only interested in, once again, if we can close point zero six five five zero plus. Okay, we need a daily close over that, and then I would be interested on the long side, mainly because I could use a tighter stop. Everything to me is risk reward. And in this case, as long as I can risk just a little bit below that 45 area and, and be, buy, be a buyer over that 66 area, then I have a lot of travel space on here and make it three, four, five, six to one return. And that's kind of what I'm looking for, you know, when I look at these trades over. And I, I, I suspect I already know your answer to this, but, uh, you know, Justin's son is like a really controversial figure in the space and he's the founder of Tron. I mean, do you ever take that into consideration? Like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't, uh, mess around with this. Maybe something could fishy could be going on or, 
I mean, obviously, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Or there's like speculations are always running rampant. Do you ever take that kind of stuff into consideration? Well, you have to. I mean, if the person that find, found it is, uh, you know, under investigation or kind of a, a figure that nobody feels comfortable with, that's what we have stops for. And to me, without, you know, trading anything like that without a stop is basically just coin flipping, which sometimes is okay if you're on a good run, but I don't like to play it that way. If he's a figure that's controversial, then yes, we'll use a stop, but we're not going to shy away from it if it gives me a technical signal. There's been a lot of situations in the past where I thought, you know, maybe I shouldn't trade on this platform or that platform. For example, Binance, uh, there was some tricky stuff going on over the last couple of months that had me thinking, let's pull funds away from Binance. But, you know, in, in, a, in the huge mess with SBF, of course, uh, you know, there's always risk in anything you trade. And regardless of what you want to do, you have to have the risk reward scenario in play at all times. Nothing's guaranteed. So, of course, him being controversial comes into play, but it won't stop me from going along if I get the signal. Yeah, you're going to make money if you if there's the opportunity to make money. Why not, right? <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. The plan. Let, let me ask you, and just as a final question, uh, in terms of uh, you, you mentioned a few times having a, a good spot. Just how do you think about that briefly? Like if you were explaining that to you know people who are brand new to technical analysis, how would you explain that, that risk-reward idea and then also setting stops to make sure that you don't uh, uh, you know, get kind of caught on the bad side of a trade? Well, essentially, it, it comes down to R&R, &R, which is risk-reward as far as uh, multiples. So to me, if I can risk 10 to make 40 or 30 or 50, that's a good setup. I'll take that bet almost every time, or 60 in some cases, 6 to 1. The thing is, you can't be complacent when things go against you. You have to take the stop and move on. Technical analysis is only as good as the person that's managing it. And, and risk, you're basically a risk manager more than anything. So if you, you know, you have patterns that you identify like we have here, and you think that if X happens and Z will happen or A and B, whatever, then the, the bottom line is you have to execute that plan. You can't add when you're down. You just got to take your stop and move on to the next one. If you're having three, four, five, six to one odds, and you can play three, three trades, you only have to be right on one of them to make money. So the bottom line is you just got to stick to your parameters, play it tight. Don't be loose with your uh, uh, aggression when things are going against you. You just got to take the stop and move along to the next trade. The stubbornness that comes into play with technical analysis is usually, usually the downfall of all traders that use technical analysis. And it's a discipline more than anything in a risk manager. Risk management, that is definitely key. Well, I think with that said, uh, Dean, I have to bring Elaine back in uh, so she can, you know, tell us what she thought about the conversation. Um, look, see the light, not going to lie to you. I probably only understood like 40% of what you were saying. But as just listening to you and Marco, I found myself just leaning in and looking at the charts, uh, trying to get my head around, you know, talking about discipline, risk management, and really just, you know, understanding how you look at the, the doji candles or whatever you call them to really give yourself a conviction and training your discipline of how much you want to go in and out of these trades. It's something that you just have to talk to yourself. And this is like, you know, a really 
guidance or a good base about how you're going to play within this sort of market. So that's really interesting mindset for, for me to watch. And then in terms of Marco, you know, I'm going to off this call, I'm so going to call you back and ask about which security tokens um, are you really interested in? Because right now I'm finding all these transactions and everything, and I'm finding myself just making almost a new wallet for every crazy transaction that I do, because that's how scared I am of the space. So I think that the thirst for privacy definitely a thing that's coming in. Hey everyone, we're going to take another quick break and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back to the Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. Um, anyway, blabbling, blabbling, blabbling on. Um, right, we'll get to the, uh, in a moment, we'll just get to the viewers' questions. I haven't looked at what's coming and whatnot because you guys on YouTube are watching are hilarious. Um, but for those of you watching on the Real Vision website, thank you. Um, I see you guys interacting on there. If you haven't signed up yet, check out realvision.com that's the best way to get early access to real vision content if you sign up for pro crypto membership you will get access to a whole different raft of professional level content engagement with all our team and community and of course you first for your questions whenever we have the experts on the show check out also uh, plug my latest uh, secure, securing your crypto assets it's a series that i've done to keep all your assets safe in this digital realm. It's such an important five, six series episode that we put out there. I wish I could distribute it out there, but it's so cute, carefully and uh, curated to keep your digital assets. Once you've gone through that whole process, you'll be more confident to make those trades. Okay. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. All right, boys, that's my spiel done. Are we good to tackle some viewer questions? Yeah, let's go for it. All righty, then. First of all, we have Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Um, he is a regular joiner of ours. Um, Ralph, uh, he comes to us from the Real Vision website, and he's asking, does Dean have a view on Silvergate or any of the crypto miners? So there's two very different things here. But again, the question, does Dean have a view on Silvergate or any of the crypto miners out there? Well, I'll tell you, Silvergate is a no-touch for me. I've been, uh, I know the BlackRock news, et cetera. I just, it's something that I, I don't see anything technically exciting to get me interested currently. As far as the other silver miners, I do have an interest in the uh, marathon. And I've been looking Mara at Mara Digital, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been looking at that one very closely because the thing has dropped from 83 down to seven. And I have certain, 83 was the high not that long ago. Live television. Talk about my pain more on live television, Dean. Well, it's been much higher also. Obviously at one point it was 234, but uh, you know, more recently. And, and one of the reasons I'm interested in that particular one, when I see a drop like that, a massive drop like that, I see opportunity if they can survive. And if crypto starts rallying, then there could be a huge upside to this. And the bottom line is when you have something that's $7, for example, like this is, it can only go to zero, okay? And you have room to at least to the previous high, which is into the 80s. So let's say Bitcoin goes on a huge run. I could see this going to 40, 50, 60, no problem. 
So when I can get something at seven, I'm risking seven to make seven one, seven to one, which is 50, right? $49. I'm interested. Additionally, with these kind of trades, you can you can do options, which is very nice. You're paying pennies on the dollar to, to buy time, right? So you could buy January 2024 calls, for example, which is what I'm into on something like this. Uh, 10 calls or 15 call strike calls. And it could buy you time and not have to outlay the full amount of money to buy the underlying in this case. So, yes, my question is I have interest. Not so much with Silvergate, but definitely with uh, Marathon. And Dean, I would add to that, you know, if you're, if you like, if you bullish on crypto, if you're bullish on Bitcoin, and then you would be also bullish on the miners that are in the space. But, you know, if you think that there's going to be some positive movements in that sector, then it makes sense that there's going to be some positive movements with the Bitcoin miners as well. So I definitely think that's something that is interesting. Absolutely. And, and already you've seen this go up from $3 all the way to 9 I mean, that's 3x. Yeah. So... You know, when something triples, you've done well if you're a buyer down there. And I think it may not be done if and only if the overall crypto market starts recovering and become and shows more a more bullish tone. Then I think the risk reward on this one's fantastic. Interesting. Just taking a quick look, that Marathon Digital is almost 3% down for the day. And for the month, it is up by 94%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mike, a follow-up from Ra Ralph. What's going on here? He goes, well, what about Litecoin, Filecoin, Stellar, Chainlink, Horizon, or Zcash? All of the above. Any uh, name that takes your particular interest for see the light, from see the light on all those names that I just thrown at you? Well, that's I another mean, show, isn't it? That's another show. Generally, just generally all, the altcoin space, I guess you could say. Good one. So the altcoin space, regardless of how you want to look at it, in my opinion, they're they're lagging right now. So I'm more into the leaders, which is Bitcoin, Ethereum, the ones that are really trending higher. When you look at something like Link, for example, yes, it's had a move up, but it's still in a sideways range. It hasn't broken out. If this thing was to go over 960, 970, then we'd say it has a breakout. Then, then we've got a lot of space higher. So I prefer to wait. I don't want to be dead money sitting in something that's chopping around sideways for six months. So essentially, I'll wait. I prefer to sit and wait and be patient until something breaks free. And uh, just like the Bitcoin uh, was shown earlier, broke through that big sideways pattern. And if we can break through that, you know, 950, 960, 970 over this multi-month, actually, it's been going on since May of 2022. If, if it can break through that, then I can be bullish something like Link. But until then, I'd rather not be involved. So until then, you're focused on the leaders of the space is pretty much, I guess, the best way to summarize that. Relative strength. You have to stick to something that's showing relative strength, and that applies to anything. My, my uh, experience tells me that when you buy the strongest within a group, it's a much easier ride and less stressful and uh, easier to, to stay long for a longer period of time. Agreed. Agreed. Well, this next question here comes from a uh, ai for plur on discord and this one's actually for elaine and he says or he or she or whoever says uh my question today to elaine is what fashion and woman-led nft projects are you most excited for this cycle across micro mid and large market segments what do you say elaine 
Ah, swinging it my way. Okay, um, pro crypto community member. Let me have a think. Um, Female-led projects have been slow ever since that January, not this January, last January. Anyway, there was a January that we saw a female uh, NFT on the bull run, but it's been quiet at the moment. But I have been keeping my eye on the founders, just like, you know, see the lie mentioned on projects with founders, right? So founders that are still existing in this space right now, I definitely have my eye on World of Women still. I don't own one, but I know at that price at the bourbon, it's not peaked or had that run um, within this past year, but still steadily growing, solid community. And the founders are still there and still growing. And that community keeps putting out there and giving more. So the world of women is something that I'm interested, in, but it's not cheap. It's like the floor price is probably about 1.6, 1.7. It's not some money that you can throw away, especially in the macro environment is so unsteady at the moment. Uh, founders that I know still are out there that are female-led, that are still you know, in the, the space and just keeps giving and pounding everything they've got is definitely someone like Sarah for um, Women and Weapons. Um, Sarah is... Her story of narrative telling, her her journey with Gary V is just, you know, really good. I think that's going on in a floor price of Ethereum of probably 0.06, 0.07. And I just think that's a community members. A lot of uh, crypto dads in there, apparently, I heard when I last saw Sarah at Consensus. But she has just nailed that community building and the Web3 space so hard. So, uh, and plus... One of her um, staff members is a uh, Real Vision um, crypto community member, Laura, I believe. So that's that. That is a project on my radar. I do hold one of those. What else? Boss Beauties. I know they always got their fingers into everything fashion, every partnership that's got going on. That's 0.023. I really can take this as a whole segment for the day. But I know just to wrap up very quickly, YSL has launched an NFT. They you blacked uh, you purchased their um uh their they're really famous perfume called Black Opium, and apparently you get um, an NFT for that. I was trying, I was trying to try on Kelvin Klein stuff, but I don't think the pictures I wanted to share were suitable for work. Basically, tried on underwear in the metaverse. Crazy stuff out there. So I do know there's a lot more coming in in fashion, but there's just so many in terms of, you know, making profit. I think you still have to be very careful around NFTs. Spoken like a true degen, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true degen there. Uh, so many interesting things, but I think the the best thing, the best way I would summarize exactly what you said is focus on the founders, the team, and the community. If, if you don't have those things, then it's not a project that you really want to get into. I treat my NFT projects, Marco, like ex-boyfriends. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I'm going to have to dig into that later. <laughs> Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Go for the next question. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so this next question is for Dean. Uh, one question for Dean: What are that? What are the criteria to get on the list to be traded by him? Like what? I guess. So what? What is the criteria that you even that for projects or for maybe even stocks or anything to even catch your eye and attention to trade? Well, obviously volume. It has to be something that has a lot of volume. I don't want to be involved in anything with low volume. Uh, secondly, as far as I'm concerned, I just use scans on everything. So, and it's mainly crypto stocks and futures. I'll trade, it's not really anything else. 
And if I if it comes up on my scan, then I start looking at the charts. And that's my criteria: volume, patterns, and of course, uh, you know, uh, overall trends in the market that I'm seeing. Yeah. It's very straightforward. It's not super complicated. It's just a, a straightforward thing. So when I see a lot of action in, for example, Apple stock, I, I start looking at the chart. Microsoft, yeah, Google, et cetera. It's important to look at volume, right? Because, I mean, you can have a lot of money on paper, uh, but if you can't cash out, then what are you going to do, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, and you can get stuck in a liquidity crunch and, you know, you can't get out and you end up, you end up losing 50% in the flash. There's no bid. It ask in the market, and that could be a huge problem. Uh, we have a question from YouTube. Aaron Wrinkler says, do you think CBDCs or stable coins will be more adopted in 2050? I should bloody hope so. <laughs> do I think I'll leave that with the mark, though. I don't know. That, that's a <laughs> that's so long out there. I mean... That is like uh, a crystal... <laughs> yeah. yeah. At this point... One of the good things I'm seeing is that some of the big brokerage houses and banks, et cetera, are starting to talk about crypto in general. So I think that's a huge positive, regardless of what it is, what crypto project it is. As long as you have the big players, you start seeing the Goldman Sachs and the Black Rocks and all those people getting involved. I think that's an overall positive for the, uh, the space in general. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I would say also that in terms of 2050, I mean, no one can predict what's going to happen in the future. But I will say that I uh, there is a huge portion of the crypto community that would not be cool with that, right? They they do not want a digital dollar. They don't want CBDCs, stable coins, because this is and this kind of goes back to what we were speaking earlier about uh, privacy. Uh, this just makes everything that you use transparent. Some people think that if you have wrong things, you might these the government or other people could shut this off. I mean, that goes into the whole conspiracy angle with that. I don't know what's going to happen. I do think that there needs to be kind of a, uh, probably an alternative that I think, um, and I think that's what people are trying to do with Bitcoin. They're trying to make an alternative that's not, uh, that doesn't get caught up in the same system that we're trying to escape from. And I guess that's the fear is that CBDCs and stable coins will just kind of re like perpetuate that same system. One of us. One of us. That's basically all of us till 2050. That's the that's the answer for that one. All right, uh, Dean. This person Tehov wants to know. <laughs> this is really like coming at your door. Do you have any positions right now, or is it only USDT only for now? Positions. I have Bitcoin. If that says anything, I that's that's my main uh, trade right now. As soon as Bitcoin crossed that breakout area, that's where I wanted to be. And I've been waiting for many months for it. And when it did, I, I was committed to that particular trade. Okay. Um, keep keep raising the massive bull flag, quote unquote, see the light. Um, excellent. So finally, uh, not a question, but a comment from Petra Hess on the RV website. I'm literally reading this out, whatever my producer just puts in front of me. Dean is the very best. Best guy with technicals I have ever followed. That's very nice, Petra. And I know who you are. Oh, very well. So glad to see you on here. Oh, there you Thank go. You. We've even got a Petra dance going on this show now for yeah. this. Um, <laughs> good conversation, guys. We leave you with a Petra dance. Um, give us your final thoughts, key takeaways. Dean, take it away. You go first. 
bottom line is we've seen a turn in the market. The cycle could be going higher at this point as long as the trend stays the way it is right now and then we start hugging and continue to hug that 10 EMA, the 10 exponential moving average. I think that's all systems go. Let's not be complacent in my opinion because we're against that monthly resistance, but I'm going to remain bullish. Yeah. Marco? I'd say probably one of the biggest takeaways that I got from Dean's conversation is that he said he focuses on the leaders in this space in terms of what he's trading because it's less stressful. And so I think a lot of times people, especially new to trading, they get really caught up in trying to find out, find the 100x opportunity. And then they sit there, they lose money, they watch these things all the time. There's no volume. So there's a, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot to say about focusing on the leaders. Uh, Dean also mentioned he traded, he's in Bitcoin right now because we've been waiting for Bitcoin to kind of come up. I feel like we're still in the midst or about to enter Bitcoin season uh, or the the kind of latter half of the Bitcoin season. And then maybe when when we get towards the end of that Bitcoin season, then people can start looking for for all coins. But obviously nothing I'm saying is financial advice, but yeah. No, of course. No, 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 of course. Well, look, you just keep an eye on the space and look at people in the space. Again, you know, the, the whole spiel with following um ceos and leaders in the space sometimes it's a no-go as well as we know with <laughs> with sbf okay so thanks marco pleasure doing the show with you uh thank you dean appreciate it thank you to both of you coming on thanks for having me all right then so this episode of crypto daily briefing is sponsored by the crypto app the crypto app is your place for all things crypto download the crypto app today on google play or ios app store that is it for today we'll be back right on time tomorrow can't make no promises but charlie gasparino from fox business will join us live he's joining the crypto gang gang see you at 9 a.m pacific look at the lineup we bring to you noon eastern 5 p.m london time live on real vision crypto daily briefing we shall see you all very soon <laughs>